What is up? Welcome inside Studio 34. This is Doc Jock. Alongside Dr. Mitchell Roslin, I am Greg Sussman. The NCAA tournament ends tonight as the Virginia Cavaliers host the Red Raiders of Texas Tech. And we said before the tournament started, Texas Tech, pretty good team. Well, actually, I didn't think so until I saw them play Buffalo. And then on the air, I said, you know, I told you when I had the thing that all the mid-majors would be gone except for Buffalo. And then Texas Tech blew them out. And I said, wow, they're good. And, you know, I was saying I'm not surprised. And, you know, the eye test, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, the eye test – for for me, I was shocked, you know, and I, and I understand that Texas Tech plays, you know, in Lubbock, Texas, sure. and hasn't been on the national stage. And UVA, while an academic institution, it's still an ACC school and much more out. But there's no way on the eye test that I thought the other night that Virginia would be a one-point favorite. I, I really thought on the eye test, Texas Tech and And by the transitive property, I think Texas Tech has also been a lot more impressive. I mean, Texas Tech blew out a Michigan team. They they beat a Michigan State team that handled Purdue quite easily. Let's let's say you know I was always looking for the number two, and I said Virginia has gods, but Virginia is as lucky to be here as any team has ever been. I mean, you know, in 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 terms of they have won three straight games in non impressive. Fashion, but they're still standing. And yes, give they, them all the credit in the world for that. It's amazing. Not that they got unlucky last year, but this team, amazingly enough, goes from being knocked out in the first team ever to lose to a 16 seed to be one victory away from being national champions. And was behind at the end of the first half. That's in, right. On, on this on, year, this year. But you know, I remember going into the tournament saying that if they got through the first weekend, they'd be good. Now I didn't think that they, you know, really. You know, need foul shots like like basically, uh, you know, a miracle against Purdue. Which, yeah, you, you know, and a, a lot of strange things have happened to them. Like, you know, I can't imagine that Bruce Pearl. You know, they had Ty Jerome take the ball out the other t- out of bounds. You knew they were going to Guy. He's their only shooter. I mean, I would have double teamed him and worried worried about them going somewhere else for the two. And, and do that. I, I mean, I thought that was really poor planning and just not take away, you know, and, and, and almost the same thing in the game against Purdue. You know, Purdue was up three. People don't remember that. They decide to foul so that they couldn't tie the game. I'm not, you know, again, I don't really love that play unless, if you're playing Wolford, I love that play. Okay, where they have, you know, every team, even their big kid can step outside, except, you know, when they have a different one who can step out and hit a three. But honestly, Virginia really, you know, besides Jerome and Guy, I'd let DeAndre Hunt to shoot it, you know, and, and tie the game. I mean, he, he is at best it, a 25% shooter. I'll say this. A double team those and let them play for two. If it's a strategy even deployed all year long, I stick to my strategy. That's worked. That's what Matt Painter believes. That hey, I'm going to foul up three with five seconds left every single time. I have no issue with it. And you know, you know, again, I I, 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 I like the idea of giving fouls to run down the clock. Right. But I think there becomes a time 
where it then allows you to set your play. Potentially so. You, you know, I, so. I, I think you have to, to look at that. I think Matt Painter would have coached that very, very differently if he had it to do over again. And then I, I, I don't understand what Bruce Pearl is watching because they have Jerome take the ball out of bounds. Now you're down to one shooter. Right. Okay? Right. Okay? Me, you just don't I, like how you just don't let Kyle Guy get the ball. You don't let Kyle Guy get get the ball. I yes. mean that 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 to me is you knew where they were going. I mean, do I do I have to like send a, a telegram, etc.? Et you know, and I give him all the credit in the world for hitting those foul shots. I mean, I you know what I was thinking? I said, you know, it, 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 you haven't had kids yet, but watching tennis is much harder than watching like a, your kid play a team sport. Right. But that had to be like you know. Ex- Excruciating. Excruciating. It, it, you know, I, I can't think of one of the hardest things to do. No time on the clock, okay, and step up and have to hit three foul shots, or at least, you know, that first one, you know, is, is, is the shot, really. And if I was going to ice him, I would have iced him between, before the first shot. I think the first shot is the pressure shot. Icing him after he made the two, I think he's feeling pretty good about himself. I would have made him think about you know, having to make two out of three right before if I was going to, to, to ice him. And, but, but by the way, he didn't even hit the rim. You know? Nothing. There was nothing that would have stopped Kyle Guy from making but those But it brings up an interesting topic. Okay. You, know, you, you know, Bruce Pearl's not a popular figure because, you know, the show cores and, and things like that. But mm-hmm. one, it's really, really interesting that there's been a lot less dialogue about the blown double dribble, which really would have ended the game. Sure, for all intents and purposes, yeah. Than there was about the Rams-Saints where, like, you know, there were bills passed. Yes. Why, are there, why has everybody been so lenient about that? I mean, what, 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 how, how come, is it because Guy hits the three shots? Is it because of Bruce Pearl and people wanted Virginia to win? Is it just the NFL? Is it professional versus college that, you know, we have a different standard about refereeing? So I, so I think it has to do, number one, it's the NFL, and the NFL rules all. That's number one. The second thing is that I think it took all of us a second or a third watch to notice double dribble. We're not, we're not referees, but it took us all a second or a third watch to be like, oh, yeah, he did, that, that happened for sure. Pass interference, you saw him get laid out immediately. And you're like, wait a minute. You call pass interference on every play. How are you not calling it now? The double dribble, a little bit different. And then after that, because there was a controversial call immediately following that, that one kind of got swept under the rug. But what do you think would have happened if that game went to overtime? You think they, you know, you know, and this is one of the things, and I was telling you before we went on that, you know, somewhat similar ending Iowa against um, Tennessee goes to overtime. A phantom, you know, he, he never touched Bohannon. Bohannon hits three foul shots. Now, I will say that was probably the even-up call because they called a phantom call on the big kid from Iowa right Correct. before. But in overtime, Iowa counted eight calls went against them. All eight calls went against them because that call was so out in the open and he didn't touch him. Yeah, I think that's really the crime. I think to error is human, but you know, just like if the ground ball goes between Bill Buckner's legs, you don't make an error on the next play. I think that's really 
you know, the idea of even up refereeing. And even in the NFL game, well, it's, we it's, talk, it's, it's, it, an, it's an every sport. It's in every sport. It's not just the NFL. It's not just the NCAA. It's, it's every single sport. If the umpire makes a, a bad call, a bad strike call, a bad out call, whatever, there's makeups. You see it all the time. You see it in the NFL without question. You saw it in college basketball the other night. And you're giving us fine, ref, uh, fine references uh, when it comes to Iowa. Um, you're right. It, it's real. It happens. I mean, the game goes to overtime. Take that away from the kids like that. It's just awful. Yeah. You know, I, 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 absolutely awful. So now we're up to tonight. So I started with the eye test. Right. You, you watched both games intently. We were texting yes. back and forth. Yeah. Eye test. How do you, would you, fa- if you were the odds maker, forget about any sort of outside influence. And I understand when we're making the line, we're trying to balance the line. And Very much so. And it has nothing to do with it. But on basketball, odds on. I thought Tech was five or six points better than Virginia. I don't know if they're five or six points better than Virginia, but I understand where you're coming from. Tech's. Uh, Tech's the hot team coming in, uh, playing otherworldly defense. Virginia's the team that's kind of been there all year. Uh, in but the they ACC. can go, m- 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 you know, again, they can have a hard time scoring. Tech. Virginia, Virginia or Both Tech? of them yeah. to some, some extent. Absolutely. But Tech can have a, you know, Mooney played the game of his life. And Jared Culver was horrible for, what, 38 minutes of that game. But Mooney played out of his life. And then at the end, he kind of came back to reality. Yes. To some extent. And then... Culver hits the big three, as well as, uh, you know, right before that, the hitting runner. the runner. Uh-huh. Um, before that, you, you know, they are somewhat starved for, for offense. And they're kind of, you know, a different version of one and done. It's graduate transfer and done, you know. <laughs> they're the, the exact opposite of the John Calipari school of thought, you know. It's, and it's interesting. It's a, like a real strange collection that they've put together. Yeah, it's, it's a ragtag group. For sure. And Chris Beard's done an absolute phenomenal job. And Tony Bennett, we've talked about this before, revitalized that program in Virginia. And for the first time in NCAA... Which wasn't, which wasn't really relevant since Ralph, Ralph Sampson. Sampson. Yeah. He um, revitalized that program. It's their first ever NCAA finals. Which Prince. is amazing, because when amazing. Sampson yeah. went there, it was a different era. Totally. And, and you know, it's, it's so amazing when you think about it, because, you know, you think... The, my, my first memories of basketball were Lou Alcindor, who then became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, mm-hmm. gets drafted by Milwaukee, basically changes Will Chamberlain, Bill Walton, you know, Ralph Sampson, Elijah Wan, Ewing. It was the big center was to basketball what the quarterback was to the draft in the NBA, down to the point where that Sam Bowie who was the other seven-footer who went to Kentucky, was picked before Michael Jordan. Because, again, you picked size, you picked size, you picked size. And, you know, it's interesting. To some extent, people are still doing it, even though they're devaluating the position. When you look at, like, you know, DeAndre Ayton going first and things like that. But it's really interesting how that's changed, uh, you know, the value of the big person. Now, if you can't step out and guard the pick and roll, you're not going to play a minute in the pros. Absolutely. We talked a lot about that last week um, with Zion Williamson and the pick and roll and, and, and his ability, uh, and John Morant as well. So let's not wait any longer, Doc. You keep th- saying Texas Tech, in your mind, is a five- to six-point favorite tonight. Yeah, and I took Virginia. Remember, we, we did the grid. I, 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 I took... Um, I said, you know, I can't. I, I don't think Duke is that good, so I'll go with Virginia as the, the right. number two team. But 
as I've watched the tournament, I think that Tech plays great defense, and I think that, you know, Virginia, I don't see DeAndre Hunter being a lottery pick. You know, I really... So last week, yeah. I see him being Lance, you know, Lance Thomas. You know, a very nice... You know, he's going to have a 12-year career in the pros, you know, but I see him being an accessory player, you know, defensive. He'll hit a few shots here and there. He's not going to go out and, 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 and make his own shot. NBADraft.net projects him at number eight. You see it? No. Do you uh, see him, like, so, I, I it, mean, next, it, the Knicks draft, DeAndre Hunter, you're excited? No. He's enough offensive game for him to get excited even remotely. Exactly. I mean, you know, he, so, I mean, you know, he, he's not even the go-to player on his college team. I mean, they went to Guy down the stretch. Sure, sure. You, you, you know, in order, they go, they go you, you know, you know, Guy can't really get his own shot. So they're going to go Jerome, Guy, Hunter are going to be the order that they're going to want yep. the kids to shoot it. Yes. So I, I don't know. I can't imagine taking a lottery pick and you're not even the, the go-to option on your college team. Well, we've seen that before. We've seen that before. It happens. Yeah, but, I mean, we're talking about 6-7. We're talking about a win. Right. We're talking, about, we're talking about a worse version of Marvin Williams, really. Marvin Williams had a much bigger offensive game than him. Well, he, he was certainly not the go-to guy on that team. Yeah. But I agree with you. He had a more offensive game. He'll also go higher in the draft than DeAndre Hunter will. So, you're sticking with your pick, or I'm are you gonna changing? Go with, I'm gonna, I, I think that, n- number one, if I had to pick, I think that this game is going to be 66-58. I so, think this is going to be a lot like the Michigan So, so for you, game. that means you are over the number tonight yeah. at 118. Yeah, I'm over. Uh, you know, but uh, although Virginia runs the shot clock down every single time, so mm-hmm. it's it's very very hard to Wait, won't that play into Texas Tech's hands a little bit? They they want you to do that. You know, I don't. I I I think that to beat Tech, you want to be up tempo before they get their defense down. But that's not Virginia at all. That's not Virginia at all. So I think that this is a great matchup for Texas Tech. I, I really, I really, really well, do. Some, some would say and, it's mirror images of themselves. Um, I think Tech is much more athletic than Virginia. I think, you know, and I think that Tech is going to, you know, Virginia takes away the three as well, so I have to do that. I just wonder, you know, I think that Virginia's only hope is that Clark has the game of his life. And Jerome and Guy can be on the wings, and they're going to have to play small. There's no way they can play the big kid, you know, because Heck will pressure the the crap out of Guy and Jerome, you know, you know, in three quarter court, and they'll never get into their offense. I mean, Buffalo is really athletic with Massenburg. Buffalo has really good guards, which is why I like the Massenburg and experience, and they really couldn't get anything going, and you know. Guy has struggled against the athleticism of Duke. So, so we'll see ultimately what happens tonight. 9.20 p.m. Eastern time tip-off. What are we doing here, Doc? Well, certainly like my eight-year-old's not watching. I mean, you know, I, I think it's... I don't understand 9.20. You know, I think... Joke. The West Coast is used to early starts. They, they, you know, happy hour has become like... You, you know, you, you, you sport. So I think, you know, a 5.30 start in the West Coast. So 8.30. Is, 
is fine. Thirty nine twenty is absurd to me. It's absolutely absurd. It really, really is. I mean, because those that want to stay up for watch one shining moment, it's past midnight. It's past midnight. And some of us have to be in the operating room at seven thirty. Some morning. of us have to be on the air at seven. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. And just for those that the week I'm going to school, like your eight year old, what is he supposed to do? I don't get, and I would tend, I concern, you see, I would want the whole game to be on between 9 and 11. I'd want to be off the air at 11. I agree with you. And and college basketball, you can really get the game done in two hours. I mean, I don't know if they are having like a a longer halftime, like they're following that model. They haven't really in the the past. But college basketball, you, you, you know, if you tip, by at, at eight forty, eight. you know, eight thirty, you come on the air. You tip at eight forty-five. You're you're Stanley. done at ten forty-five. Yeah, I mean, you're right. You're right. I mean, I don't understand why you can't tip at eight, but well, tipping at eight, I could see because they, then your West Coast is five, sure. and, and that's time. So you want them to get home. You want them to get, like I understand. Yeah. I, I want you to tip. You know, I would say you want to tip at five forty-five. I mean. They used to that when the Dodgers play or Monday Night Football. You're at you're 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 at five or six. So the West Coast, you know, it's not like you go out to these things. It's a happy hour type of thing. That's part of the culture of sports around in the West Coast. They used to Eastern. They're much used to yes. much more used to Eastern starts, right. Than we are to them to to Western time zone starts. Absolutely, no no question about it. Absolutely, I, I think it's an absolute joke. But it all comes to an end tonight, CBS, and it's the best week of the year for CBS, who gets March Madness tonight, and, and the, the Masters Mad- this week. How big of a fan are you of the Masters? I mean, I, I always like to watch Saturday or Sunday, but I'm the type of golf fan that y- y- you want there to be a story. You know, like it definitely, I, I hate to say it, it picks up momentum if Tiger's involved. Of course. I don't, you know, that's just truthful speaking. I mean, I mean it, 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 it's... You, you you know you really don't want it to be Sunday and and have all foreign players, you know you know you you really would love to see you know the, the Tiger and you know Mickelson and and that's or even Jordan Spieth or you know Dustin Johnson involved those type of players, um, but the Masters is a great event especially because there's no commercials so it's 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 Sunday is a very very good Sunday event. at the Masters is just very very special. Um, I mean, I always grew up watching it with my grandparents in Florida because it was around Passover, right? So we would. Be I'm going there. to to see my mother for the Seder. There it week. is, yeah. right? So you go you go down there for Passover, and uh, you you always I used to watch the Masters. I remember it forever, and I remember that he always would tell me that Freddie Couples knows Augusta better than anybody, and to this day, Freddie Couples is always there on Saturday and Sunday, always year after year after year. But it's interesting. Never wins I remember baseball season kind of starting with Passover. Yeah. And my mother making me trying to make me eat matzah at Shea Stadium, and that's a, that's a complete mess. <laughs> well, you know there there is a kosher station this year at City Field. There, there is was a, one last year too. Was there? Yeah, but I don't I don't know if they make it kosher for Passover. That maybe they said they are. It's kosher for Passover. They said so. They will have I guess uh, obviously the they, they must be closed on Friday night. <laughs> Probably. <right? laughs> Hebrew national dogs, I guess, in, in matzah. I hate matzah. I hate matzah. Really, I like matzah. Ugh. Especially the, 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 the shmira matzah that the yeah. Hasids bring, you know, the, the fresh baked. It's, it, it, Can't it, it, not stand it. What's your prediction tonight? My prediction, I think that it comes down to who's, I don't want to say who's going to score more points because you're obviously, but whose offensive standout will step up. 
And I think after the game that he had two nights ago, I think Jarrett Culver's going to be the one that steps up. Because of that, I'll take Texas Tech. Well, I also think that for a defensive team, Virginia really doesn't score off turnovers. And that's been the issue. And that's been the issue for years. So, and, and, and that's, that's what comes down to Tech can score off turnovers. They, 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 they pick it up. And he's done an unbelievable job. And, I mean, I guess, do you think he stays there? Or do you think he's the Arkansas coach? You asked me whether I told you my, my I, I seriously Arkansas, got, So Arkansas hired Eric Musselman over the weekend. They did hire Eric. They hired Eric Musselman. UCLA has held out a lot of hope for Tony Bennett. Well, I, I heard the rumor now is Barnes. Rick Barnes is the latest rumor, but it, they're certainly going to wheel out everything they have with Tony Bennett. I don't think he goes there. Rick Barnes has a better chance of being that job than Tony Bennett. Yeah, because Rick Barnes will take it. I don't think Tony Bennett will take it. Rick Barnes also is used to the type of big-time player sure. like the Durants of yes. the world yes. as opposed to the, Tony I, Bennett. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and, and maybe UCLA wants to go back to what Tony Bennett, but classically the West Coast has not had teams like that. Certainly not. Oregon, we talked about this year, was a kind of team like that. It turned into a team like that. It wasn't supposed to be uh, with Bull Bull. Uh, I think Chris Beard remains at Texas Tech. I think... If next year Shaka gets fired, I think Texas Tech's in big trouble in holding their coach. Um, but I think Beard stays and, you know, good for Texas Tech, who, basketball school now, who would have. You, you never know what kind of conference exclusions they have. Sure. Sure. A lot of, a lot of you know, a lot of leagues will have, you know, buyouts that uh, yes. there are conference exclusions. Definitely. That may be one of the issues with Texas. And Texas Definitely. Tech. Definitely. Uh, let's move on here, Doc. Let's move on to uh, the fact that Luis Severino has a setback today for the New York Yankees. He had that shoulder rotator cuff inflammation. He's been throwing for a while, but he was never able to progress to mound work or to face hitters or throw a bullpen or anything like that. He was only throwing on flat ground, and he basically said, listen, something's still wrong. Going back to New York for an MRI. It's very concerning. You know, um, it, it, you know, lack of term, he's probably describing he feels like he has a dead arm. And we've seen that before. And I, if I remember his first MRI, because he signed a contract, they had a baseline and showed absolutely no difference in right. no significant thing, so they diagnosed him. And, you, you know, it's almost you're doomed if you do and you're doomed if you don't. So the first thing is when you don't see anything that correlates with his symptoms is you say, great, there's nothing structurally wrong, therefore rest should heal everything. And that's better than cutting into the shoulder, per se, with a surgical procedure. The problem is you also don't have an explanation. Yeah, and that's what, when we talked to the doc on some of our other shows, he said, yeah, it's, it's great, there's nothing there, but what led to the inflammation? Right. Well, I, I don't even necessarily know that the, you know, they read inflammation. They basically moved his arm around, and it, it hurt, so they said it's inflamed. They didn't really see any changes on the MRI from his contract MRI that they got at that time. So now, essentially, you have somebody who's symptomatic, who's a gamer. I mean, th- this kid has pitched a ton of innings, and he's basically saying you, telling you that my wing ain't flying. Right. And, y- you know, what do you do? You know, you re-image him, and you shut him down to six more weeks, okay, um, but you're basically, you know, if four weeks of rest didn't heal him, 
is six weeks going to heal him? And so it's it, it's a it's a really worrisome thing. Um, I mean, and I don't necessarily think that he's replaceable for the Yankees at this point. I know everybody will say, like, go out and get Dallas Keuchel. That's a, a completely different type. You know, Severino has the type of stuff that he goes out to the mound and you could see zero, 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 and it doesn't make who he's pitching to. Dallas Keuchel's usually, like, you know, the epitome of when he's on, he's Tom Glavin. When he's not, he's a lot less than that. But it's, it's, he's not a dominant pitcher, and Severino's the Yankees' dominant pitcher. So Absolutely. And there is no replacing a Luis Severino. As good as Domingo Herman has been thus far this year, uh, you cannot replace... Uh, that bulldog mentality, you cannot replace that stuff. You cannot replace that star. Certainly not with a Dallas Keuchel. The Yankees have their own issues on the infield defense, and that would not work uh, with a Dallas Keuchel. Yankees have a ton of injuries, right, when it comes to a guy like Giancarlo Stanton and, and Miguel Andujar, and we talked a little bit about this uh, last week. But the Yankees aren't the only ones with problems uh, in New York. The Mets are, well, the Mets are 6-3, and three, but the story isn't about the team on the field. It's about the team that was on the field back in 1986, where uh, announcer Ron Darling came out with a book and said some pretty not nice things about Lenny Dykstra, who's saying, you're lying, I'm suing you. If you're Ron Darling, why? You know, and that's... I understand what he's trying to say, which is times have changed, and he was trying to say, I feel bad for some of the things Things I said. But, you know... A clubhouse and a team is, you know, it's like the people you go to college with. It's like family. Maybe it's even about relationships that you've had in the past. And there are certain things that you should keep inside and not put in a book so that you can sell a book with a former teammate. It's, to me... You know, I've always loved Darling. I think that Gary Cohn, and, and this is why it's important for the Mets to be good, Gary Cohn, Keith Hernandez, and Ron Darling are as good a local television crew as anybody has in the country. I don't think there's any disputing that they are and, the best in the country. And I enjoy listening to Darling when he's interviewed. I obviously was a fan of the 1986 Mets. You know, people like you and I give... Credence to people who've made it to the major leagues who sure. pitched at Yale. But, you know, this was wrong. I mean, he, he should not, whether it happened or it didn't happen, you know. And my guess is I can't imagine he would make it up. So his perception is that it did happen. And, and it's very, very hard to prove slander or defamation. You know, the, the best, the best, the best um, defense is the truth. And I'm sure that they'll be able to show that Dykstra, just like everybody else, said certain things like Mark Furman and the O.J. Simpson sure. type thing. But it doesn't belong there. What happened in the 86 Mets clubhouse or in the dugout does not belong in the public specter without consent. You know, putting this out there, it doesn't solve any major social issue. It was selfish and it was wrong. And what's you know what stays in camp, what happens in camp should stay in camp. What's, what happens in Vegas should stay in Vegas. I yeah, feel. that's that's kind of my attitude on it. And what's I, yours? Yeah, so I don't, I, I don't 
I don't disagree. There's certain things that have come out, whether it's, it, it's that story, the D'Angelo Russell, Nick Young story, stuff that just comes out that, you know, President Trump has deemed their locker, it's locker room talk. That, 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 that's not how people speak out here, but there is a different conversation in the locker room. And it's not, no one's saying that it's right at all. Right. Lenny Dykstra's not saying that it's right. But he's saying, no, he's saying I didn't say it, but in general, everything that you said in the privacy of that locker room, without the cameras around, just to your teammates, there's an expectation that it's between us, teammates, nobody else. And I think Lenny Dykstra feels violated. And I, I don't blame him. I, I mean, it, and it's hard to support Lenny Dykstra from all the things that have happened. But, you know, the first thing is, you know, just because... You did something once doesn't mean you've done it again. That's part of the, the, the key thing in, in, in our judicial system. But it, it's, you know, I understand. People have, you know, coaches have said, you know, you're playing like a girl, and that's not socially correct anymore. Right. Or, and things like that. You, you can never say those things, but they were said, and times have changed. And I'm sure he was, you know, that, that things were said, the players in the past at that time, which were considered gamesmanship as wrong as it is. And, and that's Darling's point. I got it. But you know what? You don't throw anybody under the bus to make that point. You could have just made that point. Maybe you would have sold a few less books. But, sure. you know, you, 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 you don't do that. And I think that um, I think most of the 86 Mets have kind of backed Dykstra on this one. Surprisingly so, but yes, you're absolutely and, right. And Darling's a, a media sweetheart. Correct. So it tells you that they feel violated. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you know, the silence supporting Darling has been deafening. Mm-hmm. Okay? And yet, if you picked a confrontation between Darling, who's kind of been everything that everybody's wanted to be, and Dykstra, who's been indicted several times... Um, you know, it, it, you would tend to believe so. So it, it, it's 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 interesting, and it's basically I think it just means that he violated the trust. Yeah, I, I very much. Very well, much we have the legal things in the the, the news is is I, I think one of the most ridiculous stories is the Michael Avenetti and and Duke and and yeah. So so Avenatti dropping news that basically well the the story went. That he and his client had information on Nike that Nike uh, was paying these players off, and he tried to blackmail them into getting paid, and it did not work. Well, you know, and his defense is that he that he's just being a advocate lawyer, but he's advocating for himself, so he's not his own client. So that's why it fell on his face. But he also implicated Zion Williamson's mother as being a paid consultant for Nike, and that's why he went to do. First of all. I don't think that's illegal, by the way. We've seen assistant coaches being paid. Absolutely. We've seen fathers of kids get hired to be assistant coaches. Right. So, I mean, you know, what's really interesting is if you did it above board, I was thinking about it. Why, why can't Nike pay Zion Williamson's mother to be a consultant for that? Yeah, you know. I, I, it, it may be an NCAA rule. Right. Okay. Now, well, talking about, talking about Nike, talking about Nike, Under Armour many years ago, when Maryland was recruiting Dwayne Haskins, mm-hmm. guess whose father started working for Under Armour? Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins. Haskins. Yeah. So then when he left and went and chose to ultimately go to Ohio State, I got the text messages. Do you think Dwayne Haskins' father still has a job there? And I said, no. No, I do not. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I don't see that being illegal. It may be an NCAA potential sure. violation, but the NCAA doesn't make law. And, you, you know, it's a strange vortex that, that we're in. Look, I've said it before. There is some reason why Duke wound up with four of the best players in the United States. Something is going on, okay? Mm-hmm. Something is going on, and I'm sure they distance Coach K from it, but something is going on. It's not just random choice or everybody wants to play for Duke. But, you, you, you know, I, I think that that, that's, that, was, that whole story is, is craziness type of deal. I mean, I'm sure they, they, you know, and why is he releasing that, trying to show that, you know, like misery loves comfort and company? I mean, it, it, this, is a, he's, this is really, really strange stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. It's a weird thing. Uh, Michael Avenatti needing to keep himself in the news uh, at all times. The NFL draft uh, now just a couple of weeks away, and it's amazing how the whispers start. Chosen Rosen coming to New York. Chosen Rosen, Dwayne Haskins, who was the apple of everyone's eyes when Kyler Murray was uh, established as going to the NFL. The report out today was that he could be the fourth quarterback off the board now, and it's time for a lying season, of course. You know, again, I can't comment on Drew Luck or Daniel Jones. Of course. Okay. I mean, I've seen a peripheral amount of of Missouri games, you know, just in thing. Um, I, I've seen a fair amount of Ohio State games, and I never thought that Haskins jumped off the page. Mm-hmm. And I've seen so Oklahoma. You've seen that multiple times. I've seen Oklahoma games, and Kyler, Kyler Murray did jump off the page. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, if Kyler Murray has an impressive performance against Alabama – you know, he's going to, you know, going to, stock is going to go up. Um, it, it, you know, again, what I want to tell people is go back to three years ago. Most people at this time had Patrick Mahomes in the second and third round. Everybody was shocked. That was the Deshaun Watson draft. Trubitsky... They said that was a weak draft for quarterback. Rubitsky rises. The Bears trade up for the number two pick. The Chiefs trade up not for Deshaun Watson, but trade up for Patrick Mahomes, who everybody said had a great arm, but they had him in the second, third round, the whole air raid system. And, you know, what seems to be happening to me is that People think that Drew Locke has the most Patrick Mahomes in him. Mm-hmm. Am I missing that, or do you think that's accurate? I think it's... Yes. I think out of these, these players, I think the answer to that is yes. They do. Mm-hmm. So, I think Drew Locke's a wild card. Daniel Jones is the one that's all over. Now... I don't. I've watched a lot of Duke basketball. The amount of Duke football games I've watched is zero, so I have zero intelligence on Daniel Jones whatsoever. I mean, but you know, the last time there was a Duke quarterback was Dave Brown, and the Giants gave up a supplemental number one to take him. <laughs> yes, I remember all about that. We'll have plenty of coverage uh, on the NFL draft as we get closer uh, in the coming and weeks. And by the way, fans think that Josh Rosen's going for a two or a three. Josh Rosen's going to go for a one. You think so? Yeah, well, because, you know, you've got to understand, I think as 
the market gets there, and I, I mean, the team that no one's mentioned is the Patriots. Sure. Okay, Patriots have a ton of draft picks. Why wouldn't you give up? Unless, you know, again, it's hard for me to see how they evaluate him, but if they evaluate him as being good, okay, they're not going to be picking high for a quarterback at all. So it's almost like if they're not involved, I would be very, very scared. If the Patriots aren't willing to give up the 32nd pick in the NFL draft for Rosen, I'd almost not want him. Does that make any sense? If there's something wrong with that. It, because they have to be looking at the math and saying, we're never going to pick up this high. Okay, Brady's window is one to two years. Sure. It's different than Jimmy Garoppolo. Sure. Because Garoppolo got to the point where they burnt his years and they had to pay him. So there was no way they could pay him starter money mm-hmm. to be a backup, so they had to do something. So why wouldn't they give up the 32nd pick? Uh, I mean, they have a lot of picks. I know they lost a lot of players in free agency, but they don't have, they, they'll be able to replace those. So I can't see it going lower than that unless there's something that I'm missing. The only thing you could be missing is they just, they don't believe in them. Uh, they're right about everything, and they just, they don't believe. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you, you, you'd have to say that, you know, that's what they would be looking for, a cerebral quarterback, if he can't play in their system, you know, he would almost seem like the ideal fit to be a Brady replacement. Unless like release. Unless I, I get from a, a talent standpoint, but maybe from a personality standpoint, they don't like him. Not so much. Not so but, much. But again, his personality isn't going to get better in New York. No, it's not. I'm, not, I'm just saying the Patriots. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying So maybe. while we're on the NFL, and now we've had a, a chance to digest and everybody loves the Browns, okay, who have put together this collection of very talented players, but besides Baker Mayfield, you know, many are on their second home, and there's a reason why people, you know, everybody in the NFL says you never give up on talent, but people giving up on this talent. What do you think is going to happen with the Browns? They're going to be a lot of fun. You think they're going to be good fun. fun or bad fun? Good fun. Until it turns to bad fun. It's usually how it works. How do you think that ends? What, how does the story end in January? Losing the playoffs. Losing the playoffs. I think they make the playoffs. Beckham have a big year? Absolutely. They can stay healthy. Good question. Can stay healthy? Yeah. Sure. Oh, no. Sure. <laughs> Did you, um, by the way, WrestleMania in our backyard, are you a wrestling fan of any sort? Really not. Nothing. I never got into it since Bruno Sammartino when I was a kid. You know, go sure. back. What yeah, about yeah. you? Yeah, I'm a huge, huge wrestling nut. Um, since I was eight years old, very, very much into it. And as I got older, I kind of never grew out of it. You know, it's, it's really strange. Once I knew it was fake, I never could like it. Yeah, and there's a lot of people like that. When I, That's the psychology of me. And, I, and, and you know, it's, it's strange. I, I, and, and, I'm, it, and this is going to get us into trouble. Women's Final Four was a great game. Yeah. Okay. I've never been into watching sure. that because you know if you ask me, it was a great game last night. I watched the second half, but right. Um, the quality of of that basketball and don't I don't want to take anything away is mid level high school basketball. I don't know if I go that far. I won't go that far. Um, but I understand you're not into it. But that 
It has nothing to do with really wrestling to me. Yeah, but it, it's something about not watching the creme de la creme. It's something about they growing are, but up. They, in, but they are the creme de la creme in their industry. They are in their industry, yes. Yeah. But it, it, not knowing that it's it, it, it either... I don't watch it to see who... Not, I don't watch to see Ronda Rousey kick somebody's ass because it's not real. I understand that. To me, I watch it for the storytelling. And yeah, I, I, mean, I personally I, find the... Um, the, back, the the story behind the story more interesting than anything else. Why certain um, certain performers are pushed and why certain ones are not, and what the story they can no, tell. No, it, it's very it's very me. interesting. I, I mean, I guess I just never got into it. From sure. that, that standpoint, you, you know, and it, 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 it's. I guess I'm like the real New Yorker. I like the events, although this is a ma- became a major event. You know, it's this like the drama. I mean, like I, I quest for another Ali Frazier. You know, you, sure. You, you know the the, the big events. The the final four is a big event for me. You know, I, I I've um you talked about Sunday in the Masters big event. Obviously the Super Bowl, NFL playoffs big event. You know and I think the going to basketball, will basketball be a big event without LeBron coming? We're gonna find out, uh, with playoffs clinched and playoffs ready to rock, uh, starting next weekend. I think it'll be a big event with Golden State as long as they could survive it, realistically. It's not LeBron. It's not LeBron. But I think it'll be a big event. WrestleMania, big event. It is. It absolutely was. Oh, 8,000 people packed MetLife Stadium. Yeah, they, they draw like hell, and they, they go across young kids yeah. and, and everything, and the kids know what's going on. And, and John Cena, I mean, John Cena's a, an A-list name at this point. Yeah. It really, 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 you know. And there aren't that many A-list names. There's certainly no one in baseball who's as big as he is. Absolutely not. Bryce Harper. Outside of, outside of Bryce Harper, there's not a name. Who's having a good, good start, too. I'd say so. Yeah. yeah it's it, working. They're good. Yeah. They're good. Mike Trout's homered in four straight, by the way. He's, he's also good. They're, you know, he, he, he's good. And, you know, the Yankees are going to be fine. I mean, you, you know, again, I think that we talked about this. The American League, you have three teams that are just so much better than the rest of the American League. The Yankees League. have to figure it out, though. Without Luis Severino, with Without Stanton and, and, and Andujar and Alan Hicks, to figure it out. Absolutely, okay. the Red Sox do too, and they, they, they also need to figure it out. Months. Because this weekend was a, a, a perfect example of what you're going to see in the American League. The Yankees, as they stand right now, would have problems if they have to see a Scherzer, Jacob yeah. Degrom, etc. But to go into Baltimore and see second-rate pitching, I mean, they had 14 home runs. Yeah. they're quite capable of doing that. You know. Okay, now they have a series coming up with Houston. Then they have the White Sox. I mean, there's a lot of bad teams in the, you, you, you know, in the American League. The best teams in baseball, I think, are in the American League. But the diversity is much greater than there is in the National League. Without question. Without question. We said that at the start of the season. And it still holds true you know, two weeks later. So. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, so, the, you, know, you know, the real question about the Yankees is, and this is, Thing is, will their players okay hit good pitching? Same question we had last year, and the answer was no. If you really want to know the truth, without question, and I'm not convinced that, especially, and that's where losing Andujar is so crucial to them. Who can hit everything? Mm-hmm. Okay, and maybe DJ Lemoyne is a good addition for that. DJ Lemayhew is a great addition for that, but I'm I'm not convinced that you know. You know, I think the judge is still out on judge when it comes to that. Now he's got a good eye, and he shows signs of doing that. Stanton, I think, is 
the best bully in baseball. I've always said that. Mm-hmm. Totally. So we'll do that. We'll ultimately, ultimately see what happens. Doc, you got anything else for tonight? Because I, I think we're, we're out of time. I think we're out of time. So Absolutely. what's your final score? I gave you 66-58. You that was all you said. I said something like 66-58. Come on, Danny, what did I say? Virginia, Danny, Virginia had 53. I know that. No, I, I think I, I was, because you said it was what, over. It was over. So you went... Um, 66-58 about. That's what I said. You were close. 65-58, because you were at 123. You were at 123. 65-58, yeah. I'm going to go with... What am I going to go with? I'm going to go with 60, 63-52. Heck. Heck. 63. See, you, you're in the same neighborhood. I'm with you. I think close game tech pulls away at the end with foul shots. I'm going to go with 63-52 tech. Does that get okay. me over? No, it does not get me over. Hmm. It does not get me over. It keeps me under. All right, we'll see what happens. NBA, what do you think, what do you think the pairing is going to be? I think we'll see next week. <laughs> I think we'll see Who's next week. Who's coming out of the East? Who's coming out of the East? I think the Milwaukee Bucks are the best team in the East. Who's coming out of the West? Golden State? Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's an easy final to sell. The Greek Freak against oh, Stephen Curry. That'd be fun. Milwaukee, that market's not great. I don't think it makes a difference. I think, he, I think the Greek Freak goes across. I mean, I really do. I mean, I, I, I think... Listen, I went to the Garden just to see him on sure. Christmas Day. Oh, it's amazing. But will the casual fan... Turn in. Tune in, excuse me. I definitely think so. I, I think that he, you know, I think that he's the rising. I think that's almost the curiosity factor. about it. Sure. I think the Greek feet sells. We'll find out. Better than, better than Kawhi Leonard. Oh, yes, certainly. Certainly. It's the age, it's the nickname. It's better than Joel Embiid. Probably. Okay. You know, not, I mean, what do you think... A more interesting finals. Greek Freak, Golden State, or Boston, Golden State? The Greek Freak, because you have a star. You don't have a... Like, Kyrie's a star, I get that. But I'm, I'm much more interested in seeing the Greek Freak. But again, I'm an NBA fan. Boston as a culture, Boston as a team, Boston as a city, Boston as a franchise, as a legacy, a little bit different. I, I'm rooting for Milwaukee, because I'd rather Milwaukee yeah. win a champ. I don't want to see Boston win another championship. Believe me, I am... With you, okay. I'm with. Let's you. go, Bucks. Let's go, Bucks. And Let's go, Bucks. We'll get man. the pairings, of course, next week. We'll make some playoff predictions. We'll have a bracket next Monday uh, on our show to break it down. We'll also have a new national champion and a whole lot more for Dr. Mitchell Roslin. I am Greg Sussman. This has been an absolute blast, as always. Make sure you check out all of our other episodes on YouTube right now. All you have to do: search Doc Shock. Have a wonderful night. The Fantasy Freestyle with Dave Martinez is up next. Good night.